Why I must be in a local church and be committed there. Why I must. Why should I belong to a church? That's basically what we are trying to find out. Why I must be in a local church and most importantly be committed there. We'll be using Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus speaks about the church. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus speaks about the church, which is his church after Peter focus here focus focus uh, Jesus speaks about the church that is his church after Peter spoke a revelation about his person Jesus speaks about the church that is his church after Peter spoke a revelation about Jesus's person let's start from verse 16 Matthew 16 16 Matthew chapter 16 reading from verse 16 mm-hmm. and Simon Peter answered and said and Simon Peter answered and said thou art the Christ you are the Christ the son of the living God. The son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said. And unto Jesus him, answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Blessed Simon art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not for flesh and blood has thee, not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is but in heaven. my Father which is in heaven. Verse eighteen. And I say also, and unto I thee, say unto thee, Peter, thou art Peter. You are Peter. And upon this rock, and upon the rock of this revelation church. that I am the Christ, I am going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it so next point jesus speaks of his church we have seen that the church is the body of christ throughout these weeks of doing this topic one of the key things we have come to understand is that the church is the body of christ the church the body of christ the next thing is that the church is a post-redemption reality the church is a post-redemption reality the church is a post-redemption reality that revelation that revelation thou art the christ Thou art the Christ relates more to the redemption. When Peter said, Thou art the Christ, that revelation, it relates more to redemption because Thou art the Christ, it relates more to redemption because in the four Gospels, Jesus was the only begotten of the Father. That revelation that Peter gave, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That revelation relates more to the redemption because in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus was only, he was the only begotten Son or the only begotten of the Father. That's in John chapter 1 verse 18 and John 3 16. In the four Gospels, Jesus was referred to as the only begotten of the Father. And we have learned through the weeks that begotten means from. The only one who is from God. His source. Begotten. The only person whose source was God. John 1 18 and John 3 16. Read one of them. John chapter 1 verse 18. Mm-hmm. No man has seen God at he any time. He says no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son. The only begotten son. Which is in the bosom of the father. Which is in the bosom of the father has he declared, to. declared him. Okay. The same thing, the same word is used in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So in the four gospels, Jesus was known as the only begotten. Follow what I'm trying to explain to you. Jesus asked the question, do men say I am? And then Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And I'm saying that phrase, you are the Christ. It's something that relates to Jesus' redemption. The Christ was to die. You remember Luke 24 25, 27. All fools and slow of heart to believe 
all that the prophet have spoken? Ought not the Christ to have died and to enter into his glory? So anytime Christ was used, Christ represents redemption. So we are, we are trying to explain that the church is a post-redemption reality. That means when we say church, it has to do with Jesus' resurrection. So I can literally say the church of Jesus Christ didn't exist until Jesus resurrected. Can literally say that the church of Jesus Christ did not exist until his death, burial, and resurrection. That is why when Peter said, you are the Christ, he says on that revelation that I am the one to die, to be buried, and to resurrect, I am going to build my church. So the church is got to do with Jesus' resurrection. Is that clear? But when Jesus, next point, but when Jesus rose from the dead, he became the firstborn amongst brethren. Before his death, he was the only begotten. After his death, burial, resurrection, he now becomes the firstborn amongst many brethren. Better still, he's the firstborn amongst many children. The word brethren is the Greek word edaphos, which means from the same womb. So when he was the only begotten, he was the only person who was like that. He was the only person who was a God who had become a man. But after he died and resurrected from the dead, now he became the prototokos, the prototype. That's what the Greek word is prototokos. The English word is prototype. That is the example for other children to be like him. So Jesus became the first person or the prototype for children who will be called children of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 and then Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11. Romans 8. When the scripture is mentioned you open so it doesn't look like I'm deceiving you. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. Are you there? For whom he did for no, he did for no. He also did predestinate. He to also be predestinated to be transformed, to, to the, be conformed sorry, to the image of his son. To the image, those who he predestined, he con- he did what he he conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first born among many brethren. So he's saying, this is so beautiful. I've, I've thought about this, that predestination that Paul used. That the word destiny is not in the Bible. You will never find it. Destiny means, it's an English word that means before you were coming, what you become was decided before you came. So there's nothing you do. If you like, don't go to school. When you'll be great, you'll be great. It's an interesting philosophy, but you can't find it in the Bible. So God said, will use me if I like, I should go and drink, drink all the alcohol in the world, smoke purple. I will still be a powerful man of God. There's nothing like that. It's a myth. Maybe outside of Christianity is there, but in Christianity, there's nothing called destiny. If there is, then there's no need to preach the gospel to anybody. There's no need for choice. There's no need for responsibility. There's no need for accountability. Because if my destiny, my life, is being directed by somebody without my will, how is he going to judge people? He has decided those going to hell, those going to heaven. No, predestination. I have to maybe look for that series I talked about. But the later I can tell you is that Paul was just using the word, pre, the word that you can find, not destiny, but predestination, that people think 
is destiny is saying that God has set up things. An example of that thing is God has set up that if the gospel is preached to you and you are saved, in quote, you go to heaven. If the gospel is preached and you don't believe it, you go to hell. That's what he was trying to explain as predestination. And I explained that if you go to Legon and you enroll in the school, you don't need a prophet to tell you that if you go through four years, you come out with a degree. That is what the school have set up. It's the rules of the school. The school says that in every four years, they will graduate students. But in as much as that is predestination, it is still the choice of the student. So that even though we say when you come to Legon and you go through lectures for four years, we'll give you a degree. If you decide not to go for lectures and you don't write your quizzes and you don't write your exams, you won't get a degree anywhere. Are you following me? So that is predestined that if you accept Jesus, you'll be called the son of God. And this is the outcome. But there is choices to be made. So the predestination is that this is the rules of engagement. It's like football. When it touches your hand, it's foul. You have to use your head or your leg to kick and it's a goal. That's why in football, there's a rule called offside. The most controversial rule ever. They have even used technology still there's controversy over it i mean offside is a demon that cannot be killed they use best it was one lines man it became two they even brought three assistant assistant then they say oh technology is the best yabi we still fight over now they are using millimeters to ah, bah, that the person's boot tip was higher than massa so predestination is not that god has decided some people think God is a sovereign God. Yes, he's sovereign, but God does not superimpose his will on people. If it is so, we don't have to pray. People should be born again on their own. Nobody preach to them. They start speaking in tongues. Are you following me? So he says that he has predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his son. So he has a prototype. That's why I told you prototype is that when Mercedes-Benz want to manufacture or any of these car companies want to manufacture a car, a new latest model of anything, they bring the prototype, you look at it, and the rest is going to be like this. So he says, Jesus is the prototype, and then I have predestinated that. I have planned that. Anybody that comes to the kingdom of God through Jesus, the end result, he will be like Jesus. That's the predestination. So I have predestinated that all those that come to me through Christ will be conformed to the image of my son. Then he becomes the firstborn of many brethren. And that firstborn is not number one. No, 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 no. That is what I'm saying is prototype. Are you following? Very well. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, 11. Hebrews Jesus said he's two. not ashamed to call us brethren. Hebrews chapter Hebrews 2, 11. Hebrews 2, 11. For both he that sanctified. For both he that sanctified, which is and God. And who are sanctified. And you that you have been sanctified. Are all of one. He says we have all now become one. For which cause he, he says, is for not this reason, ashamed. He is not ashamed. To call them brethren. To call us his brethren. brothers. Are you following me? Colossians 1, 18. So Jesus said he's not ashamed to call me, you, his brother. Say I'm a brother of Jesus. Oh, say it with conviction. Say I'm a brother of Jesus. Yeah. Colossians. Colossians 1, 18. Mm-hmm. And he is the head of the body. And Jesus the is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning. Who is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead. He is the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he that might in all have preeminence. Things now, I have explained again to you that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says we're dead in sin and in trespasses. 
So every sinner was dead. Jesus also became a sinner. That's why he died. Then he rose, so he became the first person to conquer sin. So that through what his his, his conquering did, we become like him in his resurrection. Hallelujah. That's a better place to say glory. Glory. Yes. So he is the firstborn who became the prominence class. Who is the beginning? Who is the beginning? The firstborn from the dead. Mm -hmm. That in all things. That in all things. He he might might, have the preeminence. He might have the preeminence. Are you here? So this is the foundation upon which the church is built. Write it in capital. Jesus being the firstborn. That is Jesus being the prototype. Is the foundation the church is built. So without him dying, resurrecting, there is no church. So he becomes the prototype of everybody who now becomes a member of the church. So members of the church now becomes a family. So in the four gospels, he was the only begotten. After resurrection, he became the Lord and Christ when he rose from the dead. In the four gospels, he was the only begotten. He's the only one that was from God. But after resurrection, he became Lord and Christ when he rose from the dead. That is why in Romans 10, 8 to 10. Romans 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to through 10. to verse 10. But, but what say it? The, the word, word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preached. That if thou, thou shalt confess, confess with, with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart, you believe in your that heart, God has raised him from the dead, God has raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You will be saved. For with the heart, for with the heart, man believes man unto, righteousness, unto righteousness, and, and with, with the, the mouth confession, confession is made, made unto salvation. Hallelujah. Next point. So the Lordship of Jesus is described by his triumph. Over death, the lordship of Jesus is described by his triumph over death. Colossians 2 15. The lordship of Jesus. When we say he is Lord, he is Lord. The reason we call him Lord is because he is risen from the dead. He is Lord. And every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Thou Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. Amen. He has risen from the dead. He is Lord. He is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess thou Jesus Christ is Lord oh you are oh you are mumayantu oh you are oh you are wa sorry every rufum yesu oh you are Koto J Nina Bakuto Natrema Bepemwaka Saji Yesue Oyora Mumayan to say Oyoro Oyora Yami Ora Oyora Eh, wasri, efri erufu, 
Yesu uyora. Eh, kotoje yina bakuto wo. Na techema bepe muaka. So the Lordship of Jesus is described by his triumph over death. Colossians 2.15. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers. And having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. He made openly, a show of them openly. Triumphing, triumphing over, them, over in them in it. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Ephesians chapter 1 the verse number 17, 17 to 20 Ephesians 1 17 through to 20 mm. that the God of our the Lord, God Jesus, of our Lord Christ, Jesus Christ the Father, the Father of, of glory may, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe according to the working of his mind mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in, in the, the heavenly place for 21 account far above all principalities and, and power and might and, might, and, dominion, and dominion and every name, and that, every is name that is named not only in this not world only in this world but also in that which is to come hallelujah 22 and he and had put, put all, all things, things under, under his feet, feet and gave him to be, be the, head the head over all things hey. to the church to the church which is his body which is his body the fullness of him the that fullness of all him that all. oh hebrews chapter 2 15 hebrews 2 15 the lordship of jesus hebrews chapter 2 the verse 15 and delivered them who through fear of death were all their, their lifetime subject, subject to, to bondage, bondage. Do 14 first. Eh? Hebrews 2 verse 14. For as much then as, as the, the children, children are partakers of, of flesh, flesh and blood, mm-hmm. he also himself, he also himself took part of the same mm-hmm. that through death, that through death he might destroy he him that destroy had the power, had of, death. The power of death. That, is the, that devil. is the devil. Hallelujah. And delivered them who through fear of death mm. were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Hallelujah. Next point. So we see Jesus' lordship. So we see that, other that, we see that, Jesus' lordship had to do with when he rose from the dead. So we see that Jesus' lordship had to do with when he rose from the dead. So when Peter says, thou art the Christ, when Peter says, thou art the Christ, in the four gospels, in the four gospels, he was the Christ, the anointed. In the four gospels, Jesus was Christ, the anointed. The word anointed means to set apart. So in the four gospels, he's the one who is set apart to die. But in the epistles... In the four Gospels, he is the Christ, the anointed. And I said, anointed means to be set apart for an assignment. So when they anoint you, they are just setting you apart for an assignment. So in the four Gospels, he is the Christ, the anointed, set apart for an assignment. But in the epistles, he is the Christ, the Savior, the Lord, and the Master. In the epistles, he is the Christ, the Savior, the Lord, the Master. In the epistles, he is the Christ, the Savior, the Lord, the Master. Are you here? So very importantly, Jesus rose from the dead. Then the church was born. Jesus, he rose from the dead and then the church was born. 
So if Jesus did not resurrect from the dead, there is no church. That's why he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not reveal. Preview, sorry. When Jesus rose from the dead, the church was born. Next point. So the church had to do with what Jesus did when he rose from the dead. The church, when you say church, you are talking about what Jesus did when he rose from the dead. When you say the church, you are talking about what Jesus did when he rose from the dead. The church, I said, is also called the body of Christ. You can find that evidence in Ephesians chapter 1, 22 and 23. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 gives you the evidence that the church is called the body of Christ. Next point. The church is called the family of God. The church is called the body of Christ. That is in Ephesians 1, 22, 23. The church is called the family of God. God's family is the church. The church, in fact, is God's family on earth. If God is to visit his family members, it is the church he's visiting. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. The church is called the family of God. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 and verse 19. 18 and 19. For through him, for through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, now therefore, ye are no more strangers. You and are foreigners, no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens. But you with are the now saints, fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of and God. And you are where of the household of, of the God. household of God. So when you become a believer, you become Jesus's family member. Every Christian is a member of Jesus's family. It's very important you know this truth. It helps your conscience in your Christian work. So that you don't pray that God accept me. A Christian is praying like that. You are not you don't pray to be accepted in your own family. Are you following me? So if I have the understanding that God is my family member, Jesus is my brother. When I'm praying, how will I pray? You, so the Christian can never come and stand before God and say, I am not worthy to come into your presence. Look at me. It's like, well, what about that man? <laughs> Correct. It's like going to your father and say, My father, I am not worthy to be called your son. I am not worthy. I am not worthy. Can I come and visit you? Can I? Can I talk to you, please? I beg you. I know I don't qualify to talk to you, my father. Or something is wrong with your head. That's why when people, people, oh Jesus, people think we need protocol to go to God. That before you approach the throne of God, you first have to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his court with praises. As Old Testament brothers and sisters, those who didn't have relationship. So just imagine you have gone to your father's house, and before you enter your father's house, your own father's house, you start. Pape, ukayo, Then you are singing. <laughs> so that before you talk, your father too is going somewhere. Then you are now singing praise, worship. Before you start confession of sins, then you come and tell you why you came. Wow, amazing. I didn't say praise and worship is not good, no. I'm saying we don't need protocol to go to God. We praise God, we worship God, we pray. But there is no protocol to our Father. When we are worshiping Him, we are honoring Him, we are not protocoling to take anything. When you worship God, then His heart. Your Father doesn't need worship before He pays your school fees. Any father that needs praise and worship before He pays your school fees is a wicked father. It's as simple as that. Any father. That before you pay your school fees, you have to go and high brass band. Ah, Jesus was teaching the Pharisees. 
and he turned to them and said, you evil men, you know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more your heavenly father? He says, which of you men would your son ask you for bread that you will give him stone? So what are you talking about? That for your prayers to ascend into the deep of deep, you need a higher praise and a deeper worship. And what's the deeper worship? Can Kebinyami Quantum Korea Damasa come a Santi Hinidia? O Tunfo, a Santi Hinid title. Shababum, O Tunfo, Bienim, Edde, Nesim Kasabomu, Filem Filia. See the mafi. Oh, a rat. Filisa. No, I, I was thought that when you sing that, then God, God will be sitting there and stand up. Men, like people do. What's up, yo? Whoa! <laughs> so can deaf people praise God? It's for another day. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Galatians chapter 6, the verse number 10. Mm-hmm. As we have therefore opportunity. If you have the opportunity, let us do good let unto us all do men. Good unto all men especially unto them who are of the household of faith especially unto them who are of the household of faith the word household refers to the family of god the word household refers to the family of god say i belong say it with conviction the devil feel jealous say i belong to the family of god i am a member and a part of god's family i am a member and a part of god's family hallelujah next point a family was born when Jesus rose from the dead, a family was born. That family never existed before. A family was born when Jesus resurrected from the dead. The moment Jesus resurrected, a family was born. And that's God's family on earth. A family was born. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Watch this. This is a beautiful scripture. Can you turn your Bibles there? Very beautiful scripture. Ephesians chapter 3, 14 and 15. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. Hallelujah. For this cause. For this cause. I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, Of whom the whole family in heaven. Of whom the whole family were. In heaven. In heaven. And earth is named. And earth is what? Is named. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory Mm -hmm. to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man hallelujah so say i am a member of god's family i am a member of that family hallelujah another thing you write in capital is that the church is a family the church is a family when you come to church you have come to a family gathering sit beside somebody without being nice. You go to your family gathering and you don't say hello. Go to a family gathering and you have seen your brother, either your senior or your junior brother or senior or junior sister and you just walk past them. That's rude. They will feel you have something against them. But we're not taught that church is a family. We're taught that church is a place we come for solution. To be a while, mind your business. Let me mind my business. When you serious up we used to come to church to catch anointing. But the church, tell somebody the church is a family. Tell to somebody, say you are my family member. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> oh, turn to the others. I say you are my family member. Whether you like it or not. Hallelujah. These are the places I'll be going in the coming weeks. It will be hot. I wonder as I start saying things, you will be turning like that. <laughs> Church is a family. Again, we also learned that the word church is the Greek word ecclesia. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-E. S-I-E, sorry. Ecclesia. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. And ecclesia is from two words. Ek, which means called out. And lesia, 
which means gathering. And this is important. I'll take that again. I said the word church we have learned is the Greek word ecclesia. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. Ecclesia. And ecclesia is from two words. Ek. The ek means called out. And then the Elysia means gathering. And I said, that is important to take note. So, next point. So, if Jesus says, I will build my church, he simply says, I will build my assembly. If Jesus says, I will build my church, that means I will build my assembly. I will build my assembly. I will build my assembly. Note this is very important. That means that an assembly is required. An assembly is required. When we talk about the church, an assembly is required. A gathering is required. You can't have a church without a gathering. You can't have a church without people gathering. You can't have a church without people gathering. Are you with me? Next point. You also cannot say, I am in the church of Christ, but I have no assembly. You also cannot say that I am in the church of Christ, but I have no no assembly. That is, you can't call yourself a Christian and you don't have a place you go for Christian meeting. Better still, you can't call yourself as a member of God's family without you going for a family gathering. You can't. You can't. You can't say you belong to the body of Christ, you are a Christian, spirit-filled, and you don't belong to an assembly. We are still dealing with why you must belong to a local church and be committed is that you can't call yourself a Christian and you don't belong to any assembly because in Christianity an assembly is required you have to belong to a local church a true Christian is a Christian who belongs to a local church where you are accountable where you are known where you work you are, you are known and they know you some people you go to several churches they don't know which one you belong ah there was a time I had an usher she was a protocol in another church she didn't know I was going to preach there me my usher pa, I feel this my usher <laughs> I was invited by a man of God attach you. So as I sat in the church office, the man of God said, call me my dear daughter to come and serve my friend. Dear daughter comes. It's my usher. <laughs> she comes to my prophetic meetings on Thursdays and goes to Sunday service at my friend's church. She didn't know how to come in or go out. So me too, I said, hey, special protocol. <laughs> you have to be known in a particular assembly. You understand why as we keep teaching. A Christian cannot belong to different churches. Any Christian who belongs to different churches is a Christian who doesn't want to be responsible. Because whether you like it or not, in the last day, a pastor has to present you. So who is taking Roman father or bishop? Whose are you? <laughs> Whose are you? So you can't have a church without a gathering. You can't have a church without an assembly. It means that you can never say you're a Christian and you don't go to church. You only go to church by intuition. Today, I don't feel like, or today, I feel like Assemblies of God. The next day, I'll try Pentecost. Church was not established to be like Asana. Next point, Christianity is not personal. Anybody who will tell you Christianity is personal is ignorant of the word of God. Christianity is not personal. It's between me and God. Who told you? Then why did God make some pastors, prophets, evangelists? Eh, so I'm a pastor of my own. I preach to myself. Then you're also a pastor of your own. Christianity is not personal. Christianity is not about you and Christ. It is about you and the body of Christ. In Christianity, I need you. You need me. Christianity is not about you and Christ. It's about you 
and the body of Christ. Somebody needs you. You need somebody. Last week, I've been to two funerals. Could even today, I've been to two. But I have a last one again to make it three. First one is a man of God losing the son. The bishop that preached this morning said something very wonderful. There are sometimes the encourager needs encouragement. It was so beautiful to see pastors leave their Sunday preaching to just come and sit and stand. It's not easy. The only child. The only child. They have believed God for a child for years. Their only child. Nothing is wrong with the child. Though. Absolutely nothing. And the funny thing is that he's a powerful prophet. The man of God says something so profound. God does not make you a prophet to see things about yourself. No man is giving a gift for him. The gift we have is for you. <laughs> there is nothing God gave you for you. Even Jesus, did he die for himself? It is when you are not mature, you think everything is me. The war starts with you and ends with you. Debbie, 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 Debbie. Pastors had to come and encourage a pastor. So that the scriptures he's been quoting to people today, we had to quote to him. Bless the Lord at all times. No easy. Then I went to another prophet who has lost their mother. No, two prophets. They are brothers and they are crying. I couldn't believe they can cry that their mother is dead. Because they are women. They are human beings. Then I remember that Jesus Christ, the son of God, cried because of his friend, not his mother. His friend Lazarus died. Jesus cried. As if he's not the one going to resurrect him. When you love somebody dearly. Let me give you an example. Have you misplaced your phone before? Phone, you can buy another one. Transfer your data. When you can't, no, not lost. When you can't even find it. In your own creator carelessness. When you can't find your own phone. You get frustrated. When it gets lost, you know life is not sweet. Follow phone. So imagine somebody dear to your heart leaves. That you can't replace it. How are you going to replace the son? How? You can have 20 children. They can never be like that son. It's a fact. I saw the church stand with these two people in different cases. Sometimes all your money in this world cannot fill that vacuum. Belong to a family. Belong to a family. You have to. You have to belong to a place and be committed there. Be known. Because days will come. You will need men who have the same faith as yours. You will need pretenders. You need judges around you. People are coming to judge you. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you say this? No. It's only foolish people who send the, the lady who has lost the child. The child, the man, the woman is crying. God, my heart was broken. And I hear she received a test message. I thought you have been praying. Satan can use anybody. Anyway, let me move on. So understand that you can't have Christianity that is all about you. Christianity is not personal. Iron sharpened iron. So the gift of a man. Sometimes. You know, have you seen the difference between you praying on your own and you praying with others? It explains Christianity to you. Sometimes you can be feeling dull, but when you come and miss people who are on fire, the fire rubs on you. I'm telling you. And that's how God created it. The church Jesus built was not a church where you are on your own. Nobody is an island. The disciples met together. They were all with one accord. Next point. If you are born again, you are born into a family. If you are born again, you are born into a family. If you are born again, you are born into a household. If you are born again, you are born into a family. If you are born again, you are born into a household. If you are born again, you are born into a body. If you are born again, you are born into a body. Are you here? Let's imagine something. How many of you would love your head to be here? Your hands is at easily gone. Your leg is at Dansuma. One body, the head is here in reach. Your hands couldn't come to join your body. So it is at easily gone. And then your leg too is walking on its own at Dansuma. How is such a body going to function write this for free in capital you need to assemble your body together in order for it to function you need to assemble your body together for it to function if your leg was 
at a different place. It can never function with your body. For my body to function, every part must be together at one place. So for the church to function effectively, we need to meet together. So there is a need to have an assembly to have a church. There is a need to have an assembly to have a church. Your leg has to be in your body to function. Then we need to have an assembly to have a church. We can't have a church when you are in a different room at Odoko and I'm in a different room in Temale. Church is when we come together. That's why I explained to you, Ecclesia is the called out and the assembly. You can't have a church when we are not together. To have a church, an assembly is required. 1 Timothy 3, 15. 1 Timothy 3, 15. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. How you ought to behave yourself in the church of God. The word church there means gathering. He says, if I tarry long, you have to know how you behave yourself when we gather. So we'll be looking at behavior when we come together. So you can't have a church without a gathering, an assembly is required first Corinthians 14 23 confirms this truth first Corinthians 14 23 if the whole church if therefore the whole church be come what together be what come together first Corinthians 14 23 says if, if therefore, therefore the whole church, the whole be come church together be come together say an assembly place. is required an assembly is required so there is always a gathering for church. There is always a gathering for church. Let me give you some Bible truths. All of Paul's letters, you can write them. All of Paul's letters. Paul wrote Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. I'm listening to you, Paul's letters. Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I take it again. Paul wrote Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. And all these books I've written were written to a church. Imagine the epistles of Paul. Romans was written to the Roman church, the church in Rome. 1st and 2nd Corinthians to the church in Corinth. Galatians to the church. Ephesians, Ephesus, church in Philippi, Philippians. Colossae, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Imagine if Christianity was individual. Why were the most important books that teaches about Christianity not written to individuals but to a church? Because Christianity is supposed to be a gathering. So when he wrote these books, they took the books. Those days there were no printing press. They went to church and they read manual of Christianity to them in church. So if you sat at home, you miss it. There is no recorder. 2,000 years ago, there was no recorder. So if you didn't go to the gathering, how would you hear what God is saying? How are you going to build your Christian life? So how the church was established, I've told you several times, the church is a tradition. We don't re-innovate. Christianity can never be on internet. The internet system is because of a problem the world has. It can never become the norm because of social distancing. If we are locked up, 
because of corona. We revert to those social media things. I can never have an impartation service for you online. It doesn't happen. Jesus didn't tell the disciples to stay at home. He was up in the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Make sure you are on your phone. In the day of Pentecost, you shall be filled with power from on high through your phone. When you get a test, download it to enter your body. <laughs> I think God didn't know that the technological world will come. An assembly is required. For me, eh, I can tell you as a pastor, coronavirus is an attack against humanity. God can never do that. The devil always takes advantage of human error to strike. Corona was not created by Satan. This human being, discovery landed us here. They will discover everything. That's human being for you. That's what they have brought to us. And you see, before Corona came, the biggest problem we are already having, that the human being needs to sit down with you and have a conversation there on their phone. We are, you are talking to somebody here. The person is talking to somebody in Germany. And she's laughing. Hey, hey. You are saying this. Hey. Oh, wow. Hey, hey. That's what they are saying to what you are telling them. Because their mind is not here. The one that we have left, hug you, shake your hand, come close to you. That one, Corona to a strike that one. I believe God for healing. I believe with all my heart that this thing is not permanent. It will go away. It has to go away before it destroys human. Because we ourselves, we are dealing with rudeness from human beings. They are not even giving your concentration. A pastor took a shot. He's having dinner with his children. All of them on their phone. Dinner. Dinner. That he hardly sees his children. So let's come together and let's, let's share fellowship. The human being was created to have fellowship. And doing fellowship, each of them is talking to somebody outside of the people there. And when he even comes back to say, okay, let's have a... They have less to say with the people around them. God is like, oh, how are you? How is your business? Oh, thank God. Then they go back to their phone. Unbelievable. Telling you that what we have is under attack. And the sad thing with us is that the person will be here. You won't talk to them. When they die, you come and cry. When you see people rolling, they say, hey, hey. When the person was alive, how many times did you call the person? How many times did you visit the person? Then you are crying as if your world has come to an end. I'm sure it's your financial benefit that has come to an end. That's why you are crying. The world has just become a selfish bunch of people. Every It's just about what I'll get from you. We are no more interested in how we contribute to the development of others. It's about how you benefit me. To be other than an accountant or TTFIM. Did it. Then we fake. If, if the reason you care is what you are getting, you don't care. If the reason you care so much about somebody is that they supply you cash. So when the cash sees, your supply of care sees. It means not the person you cared for. It's the cash you cared. It's a cash. And when you give them money, they will have your time. When the money finishes, the time will reduce. Till next installment. You can't live life like that. We're explaining more of that in this hour, our study into what the church stands for. One of the key things that church does for us is to take away selfishness. The world is all me, me, me. But the church is a body, is us. That we become each other's keeper. When you focus on church and you are committed to church, it deals with selfishness automatically. That's why we don't pray for ourselves as much as we pray for others. When you see our prayer topics, selfish people don't like it. So, Papa, when will you change the prayer topic? Just as he was in the beginning. <laughs> Jesus is the same yesterday, today. Better get used to it. You are used to selfish. You are not seeing killing your witches. So, you don't like praying it. Christianity never was brought to make you his others. That's, he says, as Christ laid down his life for us, we must lay down our life for who? For others. That's Christianity. 
you can't be in Christianity and all you see is you. It has to benefit you. It has to be about you. When you are not celebrated, you don't feel wanted. Can you also come and, come and sit for somebody to also lead? Can the spotlight leave you small? Is there a place you go to that your title doesn't matter? It's the church. A place that nobody cares how much money is in your bank account. That we are all the same. We are sitting on the same chair. We don't even want to know the car you brought. If I have plenty of money, I will dig a hole and do car park there. So nobody will even see what car you brought. I don't want to know what car. I don't care. That Conco you are driving? No. That people respect. When people talk to you nicely, the moment they know who you are. Oh, oh, are you serious? That's why a prophet I know. Married something he didn't, he didn't have married. I met him. I met him in Portacourt. About 14 years ago or 12 years ago. I went to preach in Portacourt. I saw this fine looking young man. He spoke and I realized he was a Ghanaian. I was happy. They came to say, oh, Charlie, brah, Charlie, me bro. You know, when he came in, he was coming with a woman. The woman was very elderly. So I said, oh, is that your mom? <laughs> he spoke in Chi because he didn't want the woman to hear what he was saying. So he spoke in Chi. So my brother, so is you. That's my wife. Me too. Initially, I thought it was the mother. Because when I look at him, he was 32 years then. The woman looks like sister. Sister. So he asked that his wife that I thought was his mother should stay outside. He wants to talk to me. So he came. He said, oh, pana, my two fine chain. I was still shocked by what he said. He said he went to preach in a church. He's always been wanting, the way he has suffered in Ghana, he heard that Nigeria, there are rich people there. You can even get a rich man's daughter. And when you get that rich man's daughter and you marry, your life is changed. He's suffering ministry. He wants to just, he has the gift. So all he needs is somebody with money to push the ministry. So when he was entering the church, he saw a four by four. Land Cruiser, brand new. When he saw, he realized that it was the latest model. So he quickly memorized the number in his head. He saw, a, uh, he saw that a female was driving the car, but he didn't actually see the face. So when he got into the church, whilst he was ministering powerfully, and they saw that the guy is really gifted, he said, the Lord told him something. Hey, I said, hey, the Lord told you. He said, no, God didn't, but I have to tell them the Lord. I said, hey, what did the Lord tell you? He said, the Lord told him that the lady who came with the car number, so, so, and so, is his wife. Listen to the story. You take your time. I said, hey. First of all, did you see the woman? He says, no. But when I saw the car, I knew this is my breakthrough. I said, Bema, this is a serious matter. Really? He said, yes. So, so for, my problem is not her face or her age. So what is your problem? So, Bema, when I called, they said they couldn't find the person who owns that car. Ah, but he said he was sure he saw the car. So after saying several times, then the woman, ah, prophet. It's me. My friend was at the saloon and he took his car to car wash. And he says he would delay <laughs> He would delay at the saloon before the car wash people close. So I should just pick the car to church. When he, she finishes from the saloon, she will come and pick her car home. So I brought the car, which therefore equals to that you are the wife. So he said, he has said, God said. So the pastor said, then behold. So apart from the fact that the woman is old, the woman doesn't have anything. The only person who grow the one she will use to buy poison, rat poison to drink and die. She doesn't have to assist of my bullets out. He said he has beaten her so that she will be discouraged to go. Everybody stop going. Today I'm laughing at this thing. That day I couldn't laugh. I was shocked. The man is telling me his heart problem. I'm laughing. Selfishness. He saw car. So people respect people because of a car. They don't even know how they got that car. Maybe it's Laboro. 
in the house of God, what we value is the Christ in us. Is the spirit of God that we possess. It doesn't matter your social status. It doesn't matter what company you work at. I should not respect you in God's house because of the company you work at or the type of car you drive. I should respect you because God's spirit is inside of you. I should respect you. I should honor you because you are the most high God, his child. That is where my honor is. I should respect and honor you because we are brothers and sisters. Irrespective of what you owe or what you don't have. A child of God should never look down on anybody because of material possession. A child of God should never look down on anybody in life because of social status. So in the church, as I'll be teaching you, there's no honorable, there's no doctor, there's no engineer. We are brother, we are sister. We address each other like that. And that's what matters. You don't go to your house and your house and your family, they're addressing you by your title. To date, 20, I'm going to 27 or 20. Sometimes I even lose of ministry. My, my, my family people still call me Akwesi. Akwesi? I met my auntie. I say, Akwesi, every year, nothing saying. I'm somebody's reverend. I'm somebody's reverend, somebody's prophet. My auntie calls me by my home name, no title. In the family, your social title is not needed here. Thank God for whatever you have done. When you reach the gate, you leave it there. You can pick it up on your way out. Let whatever is on your complimentary card, your status, let it stay on the complimentary card. When you come into the house of God as a child of God, you will serve God better. Some people struggle to pray, struggle to worship, because they don't want someone to see them. <laughs> so when we're all lifting their hands, you see them. Oh, son, now. We know where you come from. Stop. Stop the fake. Are you here? So it's important we understand what the church is, why the church was established, and how we behave ourselves in the church of God, which is the house of God.